exile and a return to Jerusalem. First, deportation from Jerusalem to Babylon, which includes Daniel, is in 605 B.C. and is the beginning of the 70 years of the exile presented prescribed by God. In 586, Jerusalem is sacked and people slaughtered. Temple was demolished. And in 538, Persia conquers Babylon. And Cyrus, the Persian king, directs the return of exiles to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple and provides them for the task. Zerubbabel and 42,000 plus respond and go immediately. They restore the altar, set the foundation, and after a lapse, then complete the temple under the prophets of Haggai and Zechariah. Another 80 years, that's 458 B.C., pass before Ezra leads 1,700 Jews from Babylon to reinforce the Jews in Jerusalem. The trip was financed by Artaxerxes as the king was impressed by Ezra's love for God's word. That's in Ezra 7.25. When Ezra reached Jerusalem, he found the residents had not returned to, had returned to idol worship, but had married foreign women expressly forbidden by God. It was a subject of ongoing teaching and training in God's word. Ultimately, the people repented and banished the foreign women. It is important to note that the events in the book of Esther occur in 480 BC in Susa, the capital of Persia. Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer in Susa which was not just another servant job, but a highly influential advisor, as well as a safeguard to ensure the king was not poisoned. Esther would have been the queen mother when Nehemiah made the request to the king to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, so she had a great deal of influence. First, Esther had saved the Jews from extermination, and now she was in a position to have Nehemiah return to Jerusalem. All of that is to say that God has a plan, and you have to play your part. It may be a minor part, but it's your part to play. And it's someone else's. <clears throat> if you don't, someone else will get the blessing. Prayer is the hub of history. In that regard, please take time to read Nehemiah's utter surrender to God in Nehemiah 9, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Then compare with Ezra, chapters 9, 15, in chapters 10, verse 1. When Nehemiah reached Jerusalem, Ezra, a priest, had been there 13 years, teaching the people the word of God. Tradition tells us that Ezra had been the founder of the synagogue system during the exile. When there was no temple, there had to be a place for people to worship and be in the presence of God. Nehemiah immediately set out to rebuild the walls of the city. The fact that the work was accomplished in 52 days speaks to the talent of engineering and especially the leadership of Nehemiah. There was opposition from the outside, same group that had opposed the building of the temple, but there was also opposition from within the Jewish community. People just didn't want to do the work. They were the ones that said, can't be done. Destruction has been too much. And as earlier with Ezra, some of the rich Jews actually resorted to usury of some of their poorer fellow Jews. For, for a project to maintain long-term momentum, the leader must enlist capable and committed people for support. In a church, there is additional requirement for the people to have, have support 
and have been in touch with their lives with God. Nehemiah picked a military man who was the faithful man who feared God. That's in chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. To fear God means to fully accept His holiness as well as His love. Jerusalem was badly underpopulated. Even though the walls were repaired and the community welfare and security had been set in good order, God put it in Nehemiah's mind to, to have a census and review the records to bring back the families into the city that had originally been there. A reminder that when one has an active prayer life and up obedient to God, he will move your thoughts and heart to his will. Chapters 8 through 10 describe one of the greatest revivals in the Old Testament and reminds us of the fundamentals, spiritual principles of renewal and revival. Revival can only come from God, and it is often initiated through God's Word, prayer, confession, broken and contrite hearts, and a renewed commitment to walk in God's will and make His Word the guide for everyday living. This gathering went on for six hours a day, for seven days, and the people listened attentively. They bowed down, they worshiped, and they wept. The actions recorded in chapter 9 indicated the people's repentance was very deep. The result of the coming into the presence of the Lord with humbleness, repentance resulted in heartfelt joy of the Lord. At the end, and I quote, this is verses, chapter 9, verse 38, in view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement and putting it in writing, end of quote, and they did. The Jews of her rehabilitated Jerusalem with its rebuilt temple and the return to God came into first fruits mentality. They didn't think of themselves first and God second or even last, but as first. Note how good a thing can morph into a detestable act as this very spiritual attitude became the pride of the Pharisees in less than 500 years. The point being, we must always keep the sacred in sacred and be keen to recognize when we try to take the tiniest bit of credit for anything done for our Lord. The walls of the city were restored by the end of the chapter, but on this day, revival of the people were not right with God. God will never honor things dedicated to Him until the people behind the dedication are in step with Him. Now, go to chapter 12. It is time for dedication and celebration. It seems to me that Pastor Jordan would have been right at home with the two choirs. They had cymbals and lyres and probably some type of percussion. It might be a stretch, but let's add a praise man. Nehemiah had to return to King Exodus as promised to resume his duties. Some years later, he returned to Jerusalem and reformed the wrongs done by the priests and the Levites. Nehemiah restored, resorted sometimes to physical punishment of those priests, even to the result of pulling hair. He was so incensed by the few, by the few Jews that would get so bad. I would suggest that there are times when believers, particularly leaders, if they are genuine people of God, are right to have a holy anger towards unrighteousness and take steps to correct the evil situation. I will request, like Nehemiah, in the last scripture of the book, remember me with favor, O oh my God. May the Lord remember you with favor and provide the blessings of peace. Good day.